broadcasting live from College Park. This is Ramp Office. Good morning! The dream come through for Bubba Watson from Baghdad, Florida. To have the green jacket on, it's just, it's just, uh, it's a blessing. I don't take anything for granted. When I got my tour card, I, I cried. When I got my first win, I made my first paycheck, I cried. You know, just all those things. Um, I get to play golf for a living. The greatest sport in the world. Cried you did, Mr. Bubba Watson. But you're a hell of a golfer. Can't take that away from him. Your favorite player. Know absolutely, that for a fact. absolutely. Uh, I root for the, all the lefties, but especially Bubba Watson. He's a long hitter. He's a really classy guy, an emotional guy. With that... Welcome to Hurry Up Offense. Best damn sports show in the land. I'm Sean Pelletier. Plenty of ways you can reach out to us. We love fan interaction. There is the telephone, the ancient telephone. For that, you can reach us at the phone number 301-606-5933. For those of you that know me personally, it's my cell phone number, so go ahead and blow that up. Uh, You can tweet us. What's our Twitter name? It is uh, Hurry Up Offense, or Hurry Up underscore Offense. Which one is it? It's hurry up underscore offense. Hurry up underscore offense. I read the Twitter name and yeah. <laughs> now now they just get rid of the handles and they just put your name up there. It's hurry up underscore offense. So tweet the show whenever you get a chance. Anytime we're talking about something you guys like, we're going to start off with Mr. Bubba Watson, the winner of probably the biggest golf tournament in golf, uh, the Masters, which ended yesterday. Uh, he went to a playoff with Louis Oostajan from South Africa. Proud of you for that. And won it after uh, two holes with an amazing shot on the on the tenth on the par four. Tenth. I thought uh, the interesting thing was leading into the tournament, all the talk was about Phil Mickelson and whether he could make that run that a lot of people thought he could. He was one stroke back entering the final day of play, and a lot of people thought that he was going to pull it off. No, a lot of people that I had heard, like analysts and everyone had actually said that they had no doubt in their mind that Phil was going to do that. I had no idea why, because doesn't he have a reputation they, for choking? They always say those kind of things. Yeah. Whoever the best player at the top of the leaderboard is, he automatically is going to win, according to a lot, of those, a lot of those analysts. But some people did say if there was somebody who wasn't going to win, or if there, if there was somebody who was going to win that wasn't Phil, it was going to be Ustazen. So they called well, that one. he definitely made right. a run. They, uh, yeah, they called that one pretty good, because he, he was there all the way till the end. He he had been leading for like the last five holes. Yeah, the most impressive shot of his day obviously was that uh, double eagle. Uh, what yeah. hole was that on? Uh, it was a par five. That's all I know. Unbelievable it was, it was shot. Other two hundred something matter. yards out and just landed on the front of the green. You know what I noticed about Augusta? One of the only courses you can hit the ball and have it land nowhere near the hole, but because of how the greens and how like the course is like built, I guess the ball can just roll towards the hole all the time. Yeah, and we saw that on the final uh, final course of the day where Bubba Watson on the final hole drilled his ball into the woods just real far back. 40 yards into the woods. And so did uh, Louie, but obviously we saw how that turned out. Uh, one of the best golf shots I've ever... I'm not a huge golf fan. I'll be the first to tell you that. I watched it just because it was on. Uh, I'll watch the final day of golf. I'll probably watch the first day of golf, too. But I'll watch it all. The shot that I saw, that that was probably one of the best shots that I've ever seen personally. The one from, from Bubba out of the way. Oh, works. absolutely. That was yeah. unbelievable. You know what makes it even more amazing is he's 156 yards out, and he's hitting a wedge, which is like, it's just, it's a short distance club, and he hits it from 160 yards, and he bends it 70 yards to the right. It's it's absolutely incredible. What makes it incredible to me? Ball. 
What makes him incredible to me is that he's never taken a golf lesson in his life. Yeah, he just did that by himself. He's never even looked at a video of himself swinging. <laughs> they even said he had so much moving parts in his swing. And for those of you who don't know, moving parts in the swing, that's not very good. It's probably good. best if no one's ever yeah. dissected his swing. Because they'll think about it too much. You, you watch his drive. There's drives that he hits. Neither foot is on the ground when he's in contact with the ball. I, they, I, yeah, they showed replays. I saw that his feet I, I were read, completely messed up. I read like a golf magazine that he gave tips on on how to hit a golf ball farther, and one of his tips is don't keep both feet on the ground. Jump, be in the air when you hit contact. Kids Apparently don't listen helps, to that. But I don't think that makes any sense to me. Like you're going to get a lot of misfits that way, but somehow. Bubba, but who are we? He, He's the winner of the Masters. We're sitting in a white room. Yeah. Well, everything about common sense says you shouldn't hit like Bubba Watson, and he defies all the odds. Correct. I love the guy, though. All right, so couldn't be more happy for him. I'm going to say some of my other observations uh, coming from a non-golf fan that I noticed from the Masters. One, Bubba Watson. Yes, you cried. Yes, you're emotional. A lot of people liked it. Alan, you liked it. I know that. I like crying in sports if you win. I like that. It shows emotion. It shows that you're not hiding anything. It shows that you're, you're willing to put yourself out there. But the amount of crying that this guy did, an infant baby would tell him to shut the hell up and man up. Like, honestly, he cried. He bawled his eyes out. Every time that he hugged someone, it, it was cool when I saw, when he first made it and had the little embrace with his caddy. I was like, okay, that that's enough. Every and his mother, I'll give him that one too. Every other one, it's okay, man. You don't need to cry like your little kitten just died. Every single hug that you give, I, it was authentic. It just wasn't. I, I don't know. I don't know. I just didn't. I wasn't crazy about that. one of the reasons I like Bubba is because I think me and him are a lot alike. If I'm in that situation, I, I have a feeling I would be a huge baby, too, because I'm a sensitive guy. That much of a baby, though? He's a sensitive—I I have a feeling I might be worse, to be honest. And I would be on the show making fun of you a lot. That's I'm fine sorry. with me. I'll I'm be sorry. the Masters champion. Yeah, the green uh, you're right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and once again, I'll be sitting in a white room wearing a Baltimore Orioles sweatshirt. I mean, I was he maybe a little like a little bit over the maybe top with it? Maybe he was. He could have been, but he, he's—I mean— he has the right to be. I'm just saying I personally was like, okay, But man. everyone on tour knows him as a sensitive guy. Right, okay, it's yeah. Part, it's part of why he's liked. So it, it's kind of something you expect. But I guess it could be a little, could be seen as a little bit over the top. But I don't mind it. Uh, I, I love seeing people get emotional. It shows how much yeah, they, they yeah. really care. So, I mean, I'm, I'm all for it. Another thing was with uh, Tom Rinaldi, great reporter. Uh, Best reporter. Great reporter. Uh, Best writer. I like Rick Riley. No. Rick Riley's great. I, I, I like mm, him a lot. Rick Riley is, is so biased. Against I, Tiger Woods. See, you know, I like biased writers. So biased yeah. against Tiger Woods. I can't... Well, he's I, come out and said that he likes him as a golfer, hates him as a person. I yeah, think that's what exactly. I, he's the same way with me. I, I can't stand the hell out of freaking Tiger Woods. I, I know, but you, I, I feel like you just can't I understand do where that. you're coming from, yeah. But Tom Rinaldi, uh, when he had his little sit-down conversation uh, with Bubba Watson, I feel like he tried to make him cry too much. And I, I feel like he, it's just like a ratings game with him where he, he knows... Him crying more on TV is going to get him ratings. I'll I mean, that's, that, that's what they're supposed to do. But still, I just didn't like that he was he was trying to drag it out of him. I'll agree, I'll agree with that. Rinaldi, the, I think this is what makes him so great, is he tries to find the emotion in every right, right, little right. thing about a sport. He can make any story dramatic. Exactly. He is a very dramatic, and and that's what makes him a great writer, I think, and, and an even better talker because he talks with that emotion. But, I, I mean, some people don't like, like he it. He could tell a story of a lunch lady serving spaghetti for lunch and make you cry. I guarantee I, it. Oh, I no doubt in my that's mind. That's what I aspire to be one day is <laughs> is able to do something like that with words. I think it's incredible. Another thing I found uh, awkward was the whole ceremony where he gave the green jacket. Yeah. I believe uh who who is it? Uh, Charles Phil, Phil Nance, Jim Nance. Sorry, he was uh sitting in the room with the three the one amateur uh, winner, 
Cantley. Yeah, Cantley, Bubba Watson, and then the last year's winner. Schwartzel. And the whole exchange, it was very unscripted, but I almost feel like it should have been a little bit more scripted because Bubba Watson, once he put the jacket on, they just sat the camera on him, and he just was like, hey, I look like you now. Like, it was just the whole thing was <laughs> awkward to me. I think that that's the one thing that needs to be a little bit more scripted because as a viewer... I, I almost like I felt awkward for the people in that room because no one knew what they I don't know do. why they did it inside. They, I think they did too because I did see footage today of him putting the jacket on outside. That's I what I always two. thought. That, yeah. I thought that was the ceremony. Well, I see why that they showed that one because the one inside is just that's that's like the dramatic part parts when yeah. when the winner from last year puts it on him outside in front of everyone. Yeah, he did both. That's it's the weird. best part. I don't I don't get it. I don't know why they did one inside. All right, one last observation, then you can say whatever else that I missed. I've only got um, one more thing. Okay. Tiger Woods. All right. This is, this is yours? This is my, this is, say yours and I'll no, say mine, you, because mine you is, is going to build off yours. You probably. say yours. And okay. Tiger Woods, uh, probably one of the greatest golfers of all time. You can't deny that. Not probably. He is one of the greatest golfers of all time. But right now, you can't act like you're the stuck-up number one golfer because you're not. You're Thank just you. a... You, huh? Thank you. You're another guy out there right now. And at this point, you need to show some class because you cannot get away with throwing your club on the ground and kicking it. That was so disrespectful to the actual course and the people that are involved. And the sport. Yeah. And the sport it's of just, golf. This is a gentleman's game. You do not yeah. go out there screaming cuss words at the top of your lungs because you hit a bad shot and kicking your club like a little five-year-old throwing a temper tantrum. That pisses me off more than anything, that people let this guy get away with that. And people like look up to this guy. And the fact that the media continues to cover this guy pisses me off. I cannot stand it. I feel like they're acting as if it wasn't self-imposed uh, wounds. He did this to himself. It's not a comeback story if you do it to yourself. I have no sympathy for the man whatsoever. He did everything wrong to himself. So am I supposed to sit here and feel sorry for him that he's bombing uh, day three, day two, whenever he started going down? I don't feel bad at all. So for him to sit there and throw his club and kick it, I just thought that, that was the least classiest thing I'd seen the entire Masters. Besides that, it was it was a great event. Uh, but he just needs to be give a stern spanking. He, it, it needs to happen. They need to fine him, and, and they need to start giving this guy some punishment for the things that he does because none of his actions have had reper, repercussions for anything he's ever done in his entire career. Even I mean, his th where he got in trouble like that was a personal matter. But, I mean, still, the media still builds him up like he's some kind of god. The PGA Tour still feeds off him. I mean, yeah, he brings in millions. What happened? <laughs> Third thing was my friends. After that, I had to reassure them every single time we would go out that I would not get alcohol poisoning. <laughs> or they want to hang out with me. I didn't go to any more parties. <laughs> Cops and Robbers. Did any of you guys play Cops and Robbers as kids? Awesome. You remember that thing called Bass? Bass? Yeah, they don't have that with real cops. Sanctuary. What's that mean? I haven't... Oh, Sanctuary. I, I'm, I, didn't, I didn't do college. So yeah... There's no base with real cops. Um, and I can tell you this from my own experience. Junior year, I, uh, I was skipping school with my friend Charlie. And we were on a sidewalk, um, walking away from school. And as we were walking away from school, we saw our school deputy, Deputy God Love. That's very ironic, because he had no love for us. 
And uh, so out of nowhere, I got really scared and I just bolted and I started running into a field. And I didn't know that cop cars could go in fields. So I was thinking I was safe. I thought I was on base. And they're like, nope, you're, you're, we got you. And I was like, cool. So I got arrested and then went back to school. But it's kind of cool going to school in cuffs. I was like, yeah, what's up, guys? Welcome back to Hurry Up All Fence. I'm one of your hosts, Sean Pelletier. Oh, I'm Alan Etzler. That was Patrick Withrow, one of our good friends, doing his little stand-up comedy bit. Funny, funny stuff. Remember to go follow him on YouTube. Before we move on, my mom tweeted the show via her cell phone and said that she wants to make sure that we give credit to Bubba Watson for staying after and hugging other players. And I put that in my yeah, thing true. to mention that, you know, you've never seen players stay after a tournament to embrace a player. And for them to do that to, for, to Bubba Watson and for Bubba Watson to do that to them shows what kind of classy guy that he is and how people really see him in the sport of golf. So I think that's that's something that we should uh, pay attention to as we go forward. Fantastic point, Mama Etzler. Uh, like we said, you can tweet us into the show. It's hurry up underscore offense. Search us on Facebook. It's hurry up offense. Uh, call us in the show, 301-606-5933. Uh, let's talk some baseball, Alan. This weekend was uh, probably one of the most fun and entertaining sports weekends uh, of the year because you have the Masters, you have baseball uh, opening days all around the all around the country, and even in Tokyo, yeah, for some uh, reason ugh, that wasn't the real uh, opening day, but whatever. Uh, first, I'd like to point out that the Orioles just lost to the New York Yankees six to two. Brian Mattis not looking sharp. Uh, I originally thought that he should have been the team's number two, but Buck Showalter knows more than me, and Brian Mattis struggled finding the strike zone the entire game. Uh, he took the loss in that one. So 162-0. and 0. Hey, 161-1. No, one, one, no longer a realism, me. but all right, we'll, we'll move on to 161-1. and one. All right, so first I do want to talk about my Orioles. Uh, As you should, because we're, yeah. we're a local radio station. So being the fan in me, uh, I was at one of the games this weekend, Probably very obnoxious, uh, screaming 162-0 because, you know, we're the best team in the league. Uh, still probably at the top. I don't know what the what's Tampa Bay doing right now. Whatever. We're at the top of the division. Uh, so the fan in me, I'm excited as hell. We're, we we start off hot, and uh, I, I think we're going to do this all season. Now the realist in me, not so much. Last year, the Orioles started 3-0. They outscored their opponents in those games 12-3. That's Tampa a plus-9 difference. Tampa differential. Bay is not playing. Okay, good. So we're not in first, but whatever. Uh, this year, same thing, 3-0, and we outscored opponents 15-5, to uh, outscoring with our margin plus 10. In both those games, in last year's first three games, the starting pitchers uh, pitched 20, or had 20 innings pitched and only gave up one earned run. This year, 22 innings pitched, only giving up one earned run. Now, last year, the opponent was the Tampa Bay Rays. This year was the Minnesota Twins, who last year was 25th in runs. So really, last year's 3-0 start was a little bit more impressive because it was against a good team. And now we're, you're seeing we're going to go face against uh, teams like the New York Yankees, and our pitching doesn't do anything. Uh, last year we went 6-1 and one, and then lost 8 straight. So the Orioles are known for getting off these hot starts, and it doesn't exactly mean... We're going to be a great team. Now back to the fan of me. We're still going one sixty-one and one though. Um, it's my Orioles thoughts. Your fan in you is completely delusional. Whoa, 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 bud! 
just just look at the, the lack of talent. I mean, there's what the two gold glovers. That's a lack of talent. <laughs> All right, you guys have Markakis, who is good, great. But I would I wouldn't call him a great player. I'd call him a very good player. I'll call Adam Jones a good player. I'd call JJ Hardy an All Star. Weeder's a future All Star. But as you go He's down the line, as you well, like I mean, perennially. Okay. But as you go down the lineup, it just completely drops off. What about your favorite guy? Mark why Reynolds? Him, why aren't you giving him some love? Yeah. I, I love that he hits home runs. No, his fans hate him. I'd love to have him on my team. If you guys want to trade <laughs> no, him. No, you wouldn't. If you, guys, if you want to trade him to us, I'd be more than happy to have him be a Cleveland Indian. But I don't think he's very good. But, yeah. I mean, for a small market team, that's what you get. I, I just don't think there's a chance that the uh, – not even a chance that the Orioles really compete at all. Realist me agrees. Non-realist, <laughs> screw you. All right, so other teams in the league. Red Sox started off 0-3, as did the New oh, York oh, oh, Yankees. Oh, I do want to say one thing. Go ahead. I do think Jake Arrieta takes the next step this year. He's the I think he's an all-star. He's good, I'm, I'm calling it right now. Jake Arrieta will be an all-star. Yeah, he's been one of my favorite pitchers for the last two years. That's my that's This my slider is unbelievable. And... uh He's got a little moxie now, uh, got a little confidence, and that's the best thing you can have as a pitcher besides great, we'll, great we'll, stuff. That's we'll probably swag. the best thing. Um, so like I said, the Red Sox and the Yankees started off 0-3. But personally, I think that the Yankees, they don't have to worry at all. They played the Tampa Bay Rays, who are good. They're a good team. They got Carlos Pena back, which I don't know why that he even went to the Cubs. What Did not work for him at all, and now he's back with the Rays, and he's on fire just to begin the season. So he should have never left. He makes them uh, a great team, possibly contending to win the AL East. So the Yankees, I don't really worry about, but the Red Sox, I think that's more of a problem. Their pitching is not very good. They lost. They they chose to get rid of Papelbon, which is okay when you when you talk about who they got in return, uh, Andrew yeah. Bailey. Yeah. Uh, but he's hurt. You don't know when he's going to come back or yeah, if he's, he's going to come back. He's been hurt a lot the last two years. Right. He's starting to kind of freak me out with maybe a little injury issues that he might not ever really pan out. But closing isn't their only problem. I mean, the, the bullpen that's filled in for them hasn't done a great job either. They had a three-run exactly. lead in the ninth inning. That went that went away. They had another lead later in the game and lost on a walk-off home run. So the Red Sox have some serious problems. They've got starting starting pitching issues. Yeah. With I mean, you have Lester. I would obviously say Lester's a top end of the rotation guy. But Beckett, I, I mean, he had a good year for most of the year last year, but I don't see him redoing he's, he's that. He's going downhill. Uh who is their other guys? Uh, what's it? Clay Buckholtz got roughed up the other I night. I mean, he's he's shaky because he's coming off that back injury. Yeah. I mean, they have tons of questions in that pitching rotation. And, I mean, you even look at their lineup. Yeah, Pedroia will produce probably. Ellsbury Gonzalez. will probably produce. Gonzalez will produce. Will Carl Crawford ever start yeah. earning that paycheck? <laughs> I don't I don't know. Um, they're shortstop. They have shortstop issues. Third baseman, Euclid, he, he produces when he's healthy. How often is he healthy? I don't even know who their catcher is anymore. Salta Lamakia. There you go. Um, Sean has an issue with pronouncing names. <laughs> you just got to sound them out, Sean. I have nothing in front he, of me. He's not, he's not a great catcher. Um, I don't know. I, I see a lot of issues there with that team. So I, I don't know who comes out of the AL East, but I think two teams do at least. I don't know which two. Probably the Rays and the Yankees. Uh, most yeah, that's that's what I think at this point. Will Will the Blue Jays make any noise? I think they could. I, I really think that they're, they're like a they're dark an horse that no one's talking team about. Team to look at. Yeah. Um, the the team that swept the Boston Red Sox on uh their opening series was the uh, the Detroit Tigers, who added 
Prince Fielder in the offseason, and they're really showing what their offense can do. They, I mean, it's only the first week, but they're leading the league in runs. They scored 26 runs in three games. 26 and three. The next best is St. Louis, and they scored 24 runs in four games. I mean, this team, you have Justin Lander, Verlander as your ace, and then you have some pretty good guys behind him. Uh, Schlereth, one of them. What's, who's the other dude? I don't know. Schlereth is in the bullpen. Scherzer. Scherzer, that's what I'm talking about. Um, Fister. So it's a bunch of guys that can do well, and they're going to get run support all season long. That's the thing. You look at their their team. Oh, yeah. They're a plus 12 in run differential. They're in first in runs, batting average, slugging percentage, and they're second on base percentage. They're crushing the ball. Yeah. They're incredible. I. They'll never lose. <laughs> uh, another big story. Um, their defense has to hold up, though, because their defense does have some questions there with Miguel Cabrera. Yeah, the, corner, the corners, I think, are going to be an issue with them. And Peralta, because he's kind of a fat shortstop. St. Louis, who lost Albert Pujols in the offseason, they seem to be doing pretty well. Like I said a, a minute ago, they're second in the league in runs with 24. And uh, who's it, Freeze, who's batting what? David Freeze is hitting over 600, I think. Or f- either 421 or 621. He's hitting something ridiculous. He already has eight RBIs in three games, four games. How many games is it? Four games. Four games. He already has eight RBIs. That's two RBIs a game. Was that three, 400 RBI? What is it? What is 162 times two. You're really going to make us do math on the... 380? 384? Sure. He's on pace for 384 RBIs. I think that would break a record. Might, might do that. Yeah, that's incredible. Buster only called him an early MVP candidate if he stays healthy. I don't know about all that, but... Well, I mean, you can say that now, he's sure. He's been impressive You can't so disagree far. with him now. And he was the World Series MVP. Yeah. This guy's been on a roll. Imagine if they kept Albert Pujols. <laughs> Pretty yeah, damn good. The, yeah, that'd be an interesting uh, matchup with uh, them and Detroit. That'd be a fun matchup to watch. Um, I don't like watching Detroit. You don't like watching them? They're, they bore the hell out of me. Even now? Yeah, even with Verlander pitching. I can't be bored watching him pitch. He's a great. Uh, you Darvish, another pitcher out there, got paid huge money to come over from, was it Japan? It's yeah. One of, one of those Asian countries. It was Japan. Um, he had his first start tonight. It didn't go well. Pitched yeah, 5.2 innings, gave up eight man. hits and five runs, walked four. Through 110 pitches. Not what you want out of the guy that you just paid a boatload to come over. Yeah, why is he starting the fourth game of the year? I thought this guy was coming in and being the ace immediately. Maybe they're trying to ease it. It's the Seattle Mariners. They're paying the Mariners and this happened. How do you do this against the Mariners? And the sad thing is, is aren't they still winning? They're up 8-5. to five, So lucky for the, lucky for him, I mean, he's got a couple guys like Josh Hamilton on the roster. Like seven freaking guys who can win a triple crown. It's incredible. They're still going to win the AOS even if he doesn't pan out. Yeah, they, they're still good up to Well, they'll get a wild card. They won't They won't win because the Angels will win. But if Darvish pitches well, they might win. So what What are your overall thoughts on uh, Miami's new ballpark? A little over the top for me. Um, I'm an old-fashioned baseball guy. I understand why they do it. They have to do it to, to keep fans in the stadium. But I would never have an aquarium behind home plate. I'm sorry. That's freaking badass. <laughs> I mean, it's not. it's not baseball. It's I want not baseball. A, I want a brick wall or something. I said this about uh, Nationals Park when I went there. I don't know. Have you been to Nationals Park, Nationals Park yet? I have. I hate it. It's too too much stuff is going on too around the modern. game. It's like the yeah, and it's like they're, they're trying, trying to, to modernize America's pastime. Just let it be what it is. They're trying to like disguise what's on the field. They're trying to make you look elsewhere. It's like they're trying to get away with having a baseball game going on. Yeah, like baseball's not the primary reason you go, and that's definitely the case in Miami. Uh, but I do like. Uh, well, 
it's it's a pitcher's park, which kind of sucks because they have some huge bats that could produce a lot of runs. And I don't know if they're necessarily going to get that with that park they're in. Uh, got a new manager, Ozzie Guillen. Already making headlines. That's what I'm saying. Miami thought that they were getting just. I really, I thought they were just. They thought that they were just getting a Spanish guy, a Spanish manager. They heard that all the all the stuff that was happening with him, all the drama in Chicago. They thought it was just because he talked a lot. But now it's really they're noticing uh, firsthand. It's the stuff he says. He said that he loves Fidel Castro. That's not smart. That's not smart. We don't like him in America. That's that's the reason we can't trade with Cuba, and Cuba can't bring players over here. They don't like us, and we don't like them. It, it was just. I don't. Be, I I can't believe he said that. My Miami thought they were getting just. Uh, they have a Spanish population down there, so they're trying to bring in a bunch of Spanish guys. Every, I mean, every place has a Spanish. Population. No, no, no. Miami, Miami is Spanish. All it's right, just it's they have just, a high Spanish population. Okay, sorry. They have a high Sp- Spanish population, so they're trying to bring in Ozzy Guillen, who who can really relate to the fans, uh, hoping that it would bring them to the park. But it, I don't think that it's necessarily going to work out for them. Now he's on an even shorter leash than he was in Chicago. Yeah. Because now he's – if you say something like that, you, you can't get away with it. There's no way you get away with it. Yeah, and I think going back to that Spanish thing, you know, I, I really think they were trying to – specifically trying to bring in some Spanish guys to draw that Spanish audience out there. I'm not sure it's going to work. I, I'm not ready to jump ship yet. I don't think Miami's a baseball town, dude. Oh, it's definitely not a baseball town, but I don't think that they're a bad team. I think they're a pretty good team. Oh, I, I understand they're, they're a good team. Do you mean long run's not going to work? I don't think they get the fans they need. Well, the good thing for them, they built that stadium with a very low capacity, so it's never going to look like it did when they played uh, in that football stadium. It's never going to look as dead as it was there. So they got that going for them. They, they don't have to sell out a huge number anymore. It's something around like 35000 something real low. So it's never going to look awful like it did before i think that's really what they were trying to do they knew they know they're not going to get consistent fans but they want to at least make it look like it's there's a game going on and it's not a scrimmage and yeah, i think they that could just end up looking like the indians the Indians had 9700 people come out tonight who'd they play the white Sox. yeah yeah that's kind of embarrassing uh we've seen that in baltimore though yeah but we got I mean, a hell of a park out here another thing coolest thing ever if you've not been to camden yards yet go it's so cool. It's the best park in America. It really is. Tim Kirchin agrees with me. Um, over center field, there used to be just a green wall uh, that they grow ivy on. On top of that, they've now added a roof deck bar. Coolest thing in the world. Because if you actually, I'm not going to tell you guys a secret about it because I want to go. But if you have not gone, check it out. They added some cool stuff. They got all new food vendors. Uh, it's just great. It's a great ballpark. And Friday nights for students, it's six dollars. You can't beat that. So just go to some Orioles games, support your, support your local team. Do uh, you have any more thoughts on baseball? I do. I, I just want to bring up one thing. Go ahead. Speaking of Cuba, we've got this Cuban defector coming over here, and, and he got a big payday with the athletics, oh, y- yeah. Jonas Cespedes. Please, if you get a chance, watch this guy play. I mean, I'm not ready to crown him into the Hall of Fame or anything, but this guy can just straight rake the ball. Huh. Have you seen him swing? Yeah, I saw him swing when he was over in uh, Japan. He's, he's Vlad Guerrero in the flesh. <laughs> he swings exactly like Vlad Guerrero, and he swings like he's just like he's gonna fall over every time he swings, and he hits the ball a mile. I think I think he's one of the first players ever to have three home runs in his first four major league games. That's an impressive. That's stat. incredible. Yeah. How's he defensively? They say he's good. I'm not. I I haven't seen him 
uh, play a whole game yet. So, but they say he's pretty good. I'm not gonna put him in Vlad's area there. You know what I'm talking about like the egg cold. Yeah. Uh, Technical difficulty there with Sean. Uh, <laughs> but, Vlad Guerrero. I think I think he's the only one that can pull off Vlad Guerrero's swing. So I, I'd no. like to see this work off. Long term, this guy can do it. I, I, I'm, not gonna, I'm, ready to, I'm not gonna ready to crown him Vlad Guerrero after four games. I'm not crowning him Vlad Guerrero. I'm saying he hits like Vlad Guerrero. Vlad Guerrero in the field was a monster when he was in his prime. <laughs> but um, oh man, that stupid clip messed me up. What? I had something to say and now I forgot. What'd you say first? Uh, I said that. We were oh, talking about, oh, yeah. the one thing I don't like about him is I think he wears batting gloves. See, Vlad. That's not Vlad. Vlad doesn't need those. That's not Vlad. Vlad doesn't wear batting gloves. Vlad's a badass like that, but I, I don't know. I still love this kid. Please watch him play if you get a chance. He he is an incredible hitter. All right, so any thoughts you all have on baseball, tweet us in. We'll try and get to him after uh, our next break. Yeah, you guys our- should have been doing it while we were talking about <laughs> it, though, but that's fine. Uh, since this is our first show, we don't really have anyone else uh, who sent us in stuff. So when, when stuff like this happens, we're just going to find – stand-up comics that we like. Uh, I'm playing one from Godfrey right now. So here is Godfrey. Uh, I'm Sean Pelletier. Hi, I'm Alan Esler. This is WMUC Sports. About like the egg cold where, where people duck. I don't know why people duck when it's cold. Oh, shit. It's kind of cold as hell. Like there's heat in this area somewhere. Yeah. Everybody duck down. There's heat they right do, here. They exactly. Do they do. <laughs> I do the same thing. There's heat right in this area. You know the angry cold I'm talking about, huh? You're walking down the street, and you got to wait at a light. Some of you had to do that today, didn't you? You wait at a light, and you're like, that light's taking a little too long. I'm just going to get hit by a car. <laughs> I'm dead, but I'm warm. You know what I'm saying? Or the kind of cold, oh, this is the best. Kind of cold where your shoelace unties. Oh, yeah. I'm not tying that damn shoe. I'm just going to watch the string and hope I don't bust my ass. Because you ever try to tie your shoe? You go, ah, let me just do this. Oh, no. All of a sudden, the wind turned into a penis, and now you're getting (laughs) S-raped. Tie that shoe. Hurry up and tie that shoe. Tie that shoe. (laughs) See, people that are laughing have been S-raped by the wind. They know what I'm talking about. This is real. (laughs) Or the kind of cold, huh? Where the homeless have gone home. <laughs> you ever notice when it's cold? You're like, where are the homeless? You know, they got a place to stay. It's too cold. I'm going home. It's bullshit. <laughs> and then if a homeless person does ask you, you're like, are you serious? You really? You really asking me for my money? We're going to talk about that voice in a little bit. Really? Really? You want me to pull my hand out of my pocket? Take off my mitten? and give you some money. You have 17 coats on. I have one. I thought you were coming to give me a coat, you son of a bitch. That was my favorite stand-up comic, uh, Godfrey. Uh, a lot of people, when I said Godfrey, they thought that I meant that little uh, white guy that does the parrot voice in Aladdin. I thought you meant the fat guy. I, can, I swear there's like a fat guy who does comedy who does comedy named Godfrey, and he talks with like this weird lisp, 
And he's, oh, screw that. I don't do lists. And he's just gigantic, and he's not funny at all. This guy, Godfrey, is, is a funny guy. Yeah. It, have, have a listen. Yeah, I literally cry when I listen to him. Um, so that could be you. Like we said earlier, tweet the show. Uh, look us up on Facebook. If you want something of yours played on the show, we'll play it. Try to keep it a little bit more PG than that. Yeah. Uh, we might have gone a little too far there. <laughs> We're the late o'clock show, though. We're allowed to do whatever the hell we want. Yeah, we, we do have a little bit more free reign with that because uh, this is dirty talk radio. <laughs> but, um, yeah, try to just keep F-words out of it and stuff. Yeah. Uh, if not, we'll bleep it out, but let us know. Okay, so we have one local team doing well. That's the uh, Washington Caps. Uh, they are heading to the playoffs. Came down to the very last game to find out their seeding. Uh, they they could have either become uh, an eighth seed or a three seed, and they ended up a seven or, seed. Or a seven seed. Yeah, and seven seed is what they ended up becoming. So now they would take on the defending champion, Boston Bruins, uh, who are the two seed, this Thursday at 7.30. Uh, while Boston is the higher seed and finished with seven more wins uh, in the regular season, Washington won the series with three vi- uh, victories out of four outings. Uh, what are you looking for in the series? Or what, do you, what, what are your thoughts on the game? Well, first of all, I'd like to say in the East, every team that's the lower seed won the season series, which is strange to me. That is, hmm, every single one? Every one. That's an interesting I one. I think one might have tied it too, but I still count that as a win if you're the lower seed. But what I'm looking for is the Caps need a goalie right now. Vokun is hurt. Neuverth is hurt. We're down to Braden Holtby, who I love, and Saborin. I don't know Saborin's first name, which is why I didn't use it. <laughs> but that's bad because I don't know the goalie's first name, and he could possibly be playing in this series. Wait, who? Who? who have they named a star? Who, who, who? Have they named a starter yet? If those two guys aren't healthy, it's Holtby, and he's going to have to play all seven games. That would make you happy, though, right? I. I've been saying since the beginning of the, literally since they signed Vokun, I said Holtby should be starting over Vokun. I don't want to toot my own horn or anything, but Vokun's been terrible ever since he came over here. He does have a winning record, though, doesn't he? I don't care. He has a winning, and doesn't Holtby have a losing record or a very? Sh- I mean, he's got a small sample size, but I'm pretty sure he's yeah, a he losing record. He has a small record. sample size, but I still think he's. I think he has a higher save percentage than Vokun. Which is what I take into consideration. If you if your guys don't score goals for you, you have no chance to win as a goalie. And the Caps have struggled scoring goals all year. All right, well, there's two things. And Holby got called up with no Backstrom. Bokun okay. got the advantage of playing of right. having Backstrom in the lineup for a while. There's two things that uh, I think are going to be huge storylines. One, which Caps team is going to show up? I know I've heard exactly. you say it a lot. I've heard all the beat reporters say it. There's two different Caps teams. There's a team that doesn't score and doesn't. They're, they're just lazy, and their it, stars don't show up. I'll, I'll even say disinterested. Yeah, they don't even look like they want to be there. And then there's a team that looks like one of the best teams in the league. They're throwing the puck at the net whenever they get it, or they're, they're not just throwing it at the net. They're making smart choices out there, and they look like one of the best teams in the league. And they get sloppy goals. They get fast break goals. They get power play goals. It's all about consistency, and it's it's that way in every sport. The Caps are one of the most inconsistent teams in all of pro sports. In all the sports in the entire country, they're just so inconsistent. If they can be the same team, uh, the same good team, for at least four of the games, th- they got a chance to move on. Here's what I'm looking for. Two players, in my opinion, have to come up big if the Caps are going to succeed. You know what you're going to get from Ovechkin. You know what you're going to get from Backstrom. You know what you're going to get from most of those defenders like Weidman and Allsner and Carlson. What are you going to get from Alex Semin? And what are you going to get from Brooks Like? 
because those two guys, I don't want to say Brooks like is inconsistent, but he's he inconsistently scores. You never know like when he is going to come up and score a goal. He plays fairly well most of the time, possession wise, but when does he, he he scores kind of at random? And I think he could be a thirty goal scorer in this league. And Alex Semin, everyone knows him as the most inconsistent player in the history of the National Hockey League. I think like he is so incredibly inconsistent. He's either one of the best scorers or one of the dumbest players ever. Like he takes the worst penalties sometimes, but he also can score goals at will when he wants to. So I think whatever you get out of those two guys is going to determine what happens in this uh, in this series. And another huge storyline to me, at least, is the the Washington Capitals don't have the luxury of the Presidents Cup this year, but that I think is a blessing in disguise. They've been playing uh, as if they're in playoff hockey for the last month. Exactly. Okay. Oh, yeah, I'll buy that. They are. They didn't. They didn't back their way in. They played their way in. It wasn't always pretty, but they've been playing playoff hockey for a month. So their mindset is already there. They should not be able they should not be mentally checked out at any point during these series. They should be this is something they're unfamiliar with. Being able to, uh, to be the underdog. They're usually always the favorite and the teams always uh last year who was it Montreal? Yeah. Or was that the year before? They got knocked out by the Lightning last year in okay. four games. Okay, so they don't they they are now the underdog and they have uh something to look at and say uh no one's Saying we can, I don't know if necessarily anyone's saying that they can't win, because they, everyone knows that they're a good team, but they're not the favorite anymore. Their odds are thirty to one against them. So that's something to look at right there. They have the motivation. They don't. They're not happy with having a Presidents Cup because they don't have it. They need something, and that something could be the Stanley Cup this year. I'll take what you said about playoff hockey a step farther. They've been playing it ever since Dale Hunter stepped in. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. Dale Hunter preaches playoff hockey, the gritty, grinded out game that you play when you're in the playoffs. He doesn't. I don't want to say this is what Bruce Boudreaux does, but they played kind of more of a finesse game when Boudreaux was there. Now they're I'll out there. That. They're out there to hit people, and they're out there when they hit people. Like they, they are trying to take some heads off. Sometimes Jason Shamara has become one of the more aggressive players in the National Hockey League. I, I think that bodes well for them that they've been playing playoff hockey this long. I think, I think that sets them up to succeed a little bit. I, I don't know if they will, but because I, yeah. I like this Boston. brand of hockey a lot more. Oh, I do too. But Boston plays this same brand. Right, right, right. So, I mean, you're going to be out there dealing with Zdeno Chara. You might be in a little bit of trouble. But with the talent that Washington has, they should be able to beat anyone in the league. Should be. It's just it, that, that that's exactly it. They should be if they show up. They need to all mentally be there, and they all need to bring their A game. If they don't do that, they're knocked down the first round again. And that's something that Washington fans... I think it's going to start uh, taking a toll on them. You see them. You still see their crowd selling out uh, for almost every home game. I think if they they go out in the first round again this year, Ted Leonsis isn't going to have that luxury anymore, and he's going to have to start uh, making some big decisions down there in Washington. People have been calling for uh, General Manager George McPhee's job if they don't win the first round. I bet. He, I think he's gone. Do you? I, I do. I kind of think he's safe because I don't necessarily. And he's I, brought them I, the talent, and I'm not sure Dale Hunter's safe right now. Oh, I don't think Dale Hunter's safe. But what do you think? What has George McPhee not done? He's got the talent. He's not a coach. So what do you want? What more do you want him to do? They he's brought they, the talent there. I mean, they just want to change. You're saying moves at the moves at the deadline. Something something has to happen. I mean, they didn't make any moves at the deadline, but they haven't succeeded even though they've had the talent to. So 
Who, who well, that's gonna, the thing. Who are you going to remove? The players? Or, the, no, the or only the way you can GM? go, the only guy you can out is George McPhee or Dale Hunter. Or but Dale, Dale Hunter's Hunter, not exactly. a real out because he's interim head coach. Exactly. So you, so you, have to do, you yeah. almost have to go to the GM there. But I wouldn't agree with that. I don't think it's a good move, but it, it just certainly could get done if they don't uh, make any noise in the first round. And by making any noise, they need to win. They might need to win the second round to keep it safe. That's very true. Because the, the, the disappointment, disappointment in Washington uh, the last couple seasons is just piling up. The Caps are the only team in Washington that has been a consistent regular season winner, uh, probably in the last decade. Uh, you can't—I can't think of any other team that's won more in the last well, decade. National, is what I'm trying Nationals to say. Nationals have never had a winning season. Right. The, the closest they got is what? Even their very first season. Yeah. I think they went. Skins. 50%. What are, they haven't done anything. Skins like they—they they have the a losing playoffs? record of the last ten years. Yeah, they made the playoffs twice. Um, the Wizards. Uh, they, when Gilbert, when the big when three Gilbert were, were good, they made the playoffs, but they didn't do anything in the playoffs yeah. ever. Well, and Ernie Grumfield's gone. They had three, four years there that were pretty decent. But they were, they were kind of like the Caps, always going out in the first round. Yeah. So, yeah, they... And I mean, was, the Caps are Washington's team yeah, right now. I mean... So and all it, and it shows by attendance because yeah. this is one of the only, I think, buildings that really consistently sells out in hockey. Hockey's not a real popular sport around America, but in Washington, we love it. So, with all eyes on this team, they need to do something. So the first game is Thursday at 7.30. It's in Boston. Uh, so definitely watch that. It's probably it's on Comcast, right? Um, Comcast, is is, Comcast is showing all the games that aren't on NBC. So NBC Sports could be showing it. I know NBC is showing at least three of the two or three of the games. Well, whatever. Just if you know, yeah. <laughs> let us know because uh, I don't know. And I don't want to act like I do. All right, so uh, that's the Cavs. Let's get on to some other news uh, around the professional sports league and, and the non-professional. First question. The other night, uh, Bulls and Knicks played. Bulls have the best record in the league. Uh, they're currently 43-14. and 14. I believe that puts them, let's see, one win a, a bit ahead of uh, Oklahoma City in the Western Conference. But does anyone really think that they're the best team in the league? Do you think, do you think that they have a case to be the best team in the league? Well, I mean, you can look at the record. That's the only case they make. Right. I've been saying for a while they run on Derrick Rose, and I don't like Derrick Rose. Right. So I obviously don't think they're the best team in the league. Um, I, I, their supporting cast, I mean, you look at Richard Hamilton. What has he done? Not much. Joe Kim Noah's pretty good. Boozer has been a complete bust since he got yeah. there. And Luau Deng has been good, but he's got health issues. And Taj Gibson, who showed up huge in the playoffs last year, hasn't really done much this year. Yeah, I... They, I don't think I'd put them fourth right now. Who just for fun, who would you put in front of them? You don't have to do a particular order. Just what are the three teams? Oklahoma City, Miami, and San Antonio. San Antonio is interesting. No one is talking about them. No one. They're a boring they're the boring the most boring team in the league. But yeah. it works. They've always been that way. They've been that way since they, they got drafted the most Tim boring Duncan. Superstars too. I mean, the boring look, colors. They got everything. You boring. look at their superstars. Duncan, one of the most boring players ever played in the NBA, but also one of the best. Manu Ginobili. The only cool thing he's ever done is swat a bat. bat. Hell yeah. And Tony Parker used to have a hot wife. Lost I, her. I mean, he's dumbass. He's boring too. Like they're a boring team, but they're good. And I, I'm not sure they're built for the playoffs because of how old they are, but. I think right now I'd say they're a better overall team than Chicago. But the short season definitely will help them. It helps, more it than helps, it helps them Chicago. a lot, yeah. 
especially now since they've got such a big lead, like going like I mean not like a huge lead over every like everybody else, but they're in the playoffs basically. Right. They can rest people like Duncan. The other night they wrote. Did you, you saw that? that? Yeah. They said Duncan was a DNP, like did not play, did not dress or something. And then they wrote next to it, they have to write the reason. They wrote old. He not a joke. That he, was it. He didn't dress because he's old. Like, <laughs> so. there's age limits now in basketball. <laughs> but yeah, back to the Chicago Bulls. I mean, we've seen it. Their last nationally televised game uh, that Derrick Rose played in, I believe, uh, they missed free throws at the end of that one, too. And they lost free throws. They missed free throws at the end of this game. Uh, and Melo made them pay. Melo, I'll say this about him. I don't think he's necessarily a top five player in the league anymore. I think he could have been. He has a skill set to be. But he's definitely the top in the top five uh, of most clutch players in the league. Mm-hmm. If I had to win a game, he'd be one of the five guys that I chose to win it for me. LeBron James is a better player than him. And if you're arguing that, then just don't. Uh, but LeBron James is not as clutch as Carmelo Anthony. What five do you take over Carmelo, or what is your what well, in the in the top five overall players? No, in the clutch last, last second shots. Oh, no, no. Are you, I, I'm saying he's a top five. I don't know what order I'd have. I haven't even thought about that. Who else would you even put in it? Um, Kobe, obviously. Even if his track record this year isn't that great, I'd still take him. Um, I'm trying to think of some other players. I'll throw some names out. Dirk. Yeah, definitely. Durant. Yes. Manu Ginobili. No. I would take. I don't know if I'm personally biased, but I would take Ray Allen in there too. I love his shot. To score or just to shoot a three? To shoot a three to end the game. Okay. Um, <laughs> I would even take Dwayne Wade. Uh, maybe he'd be a top ten guy, but I think uh, he's more clutch than LeBron. Dwight Howard, Rudy Gay. <laughs> yeah, Dwight Howard definitely. Um, Steve Nash, Chris Paul, Darren Williams. No. So you got Melo what fourth? Third, yeah, probably. Fourth. Yeah, probably fourth. That's, that sounds I, about right. He he's clutch, man. He he could he could be a uh, one of the best players in the league if you wanted to, but that's the biggest thing. He's a lazy guy. Yeah. Uh, Michael Parker, Terps fans, you no longer have to deal with him because thank you. The big man God. is transferring. He's gone. I don't have to worry about him anymore. We bitched about him all this year. Uh, he's gone. He's a bust. He's gone. You tried to tell me Jake Lehman was going to start, or he was going to start over Jake Lehman if Pichon Howard couldn't come back. <laughs> I just think he ain't doing it no more, boy. <laughs> now Jake you got a Lehman. case, man. You got a case. Jake Lehman, <laughs> you, you could be starting for us next year, buddy. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, so, uh, the cleft jaw is gone. Michael Parker's gone. We'll never see his little, uh, his horrendous dribbling, horrendous Unco- shot selection. Uncoordination. Yeah, he's gone. Uh, they said... Possible destinations for UAB and somewhere else. Good luck, be- fella. I, I don't care. Yeah. Get out of my life. Exactly. Uh, you want to say anything? I, I'm cool just responding to what you okay. have to say. I so, like this part. Roger Goodell, uh, the Saints decided to appeal his little suspension of Sean Payton, the Saints head coach, uh, of a year. He suspended for a year. They tried to appeal it, and today uh, the ruling was upheld. So Sean Payton will be suspended for a year Starting, I think it's at the 14th. Probably wrong on that. Don't know. It's sometime before the draft. That's all that matters. He'll be there next year for the 16th draft. 16th it starts. Okay. So he's suspended starting the 16th, uh, which could bring the big tuna into New Orleans, even though I'm pretty sure he said he doesn't want it. Uh, they'll probably hire with, from within. Interesting thought. Interesting thought. General manager, can he draft anyone? What do you mean? I mean, he's a general manager. What exactly can't he do when he's suspended? 
What can't he do when he's suspended? He can't draft anyone. So they, who does the draft? I'm sure. I'm sure they've been busting their asses off right. to end little meetings now, and right. they've other guys in there. One more question. Bill Parcells comes in. He does the draft. No, but he he's not as he's not familiar with the team yet. I think he's just there to coach. Does he pick guys he can coach? No, because right. I don't. To be honest, I think he's in there for disciplinary reasons only. They have an offensive coordinator who's done it without Sean Payton before. They have a defensive coordinator. They have special. They have coaches. He's just there to make sure everything runs smoothly. He's not going to do anything with personnel. I, I don't. Need, I'm not sure what he's going to do on Sundays. He'll call a couple timeouts, throw a challenge flag, even though they've taken some of the challenge responsibilities oh, so away from the coach. He'll be like one of those coaches that you hate, who's not a defensive coordinator, an offensive coordinator. Their only cha- like their only job is to throw a challenge flag and, yeah, like, and uh, call a timeout, and they can never seem to do that correctly. Jim Caldwell. He will be the Jim Caldwell this year with the uh, the Madden headset on, where that has a cord directly leading to his pocket, not d- push, not plugged into anything. He won't be saying a word. So, whoever comes in there is going to be Jim Caldwell. It, I wouldn't be surprised if it is Jim Caldwell. <laughs> Why not? He's done it before. Uh, so that's that story. Baylor basketball is in the news. Um, their women's team just won the national championship with a man at center, and now their men's team. Actually, isn't it both their teams? I don't know. But um, at least yes, they're men's teams. It is both teams. Okay. Both teams, they're having some problems with recruiting. I believe there were some illegal phone calls made. And text messages. And text messages. Uh, hopefully not sex messages. And so now they're possibly facing some infractions, which probably didn't lead to Perry Jones, uh, their great power forward, leaving uh, for the draft. But it could end up hurting with recruiting and other players committing to the draft so they could be in shambles they've had their athletic program was great last year with rg3 in football uh britney griner in basketball and their men's team went pretty far in the tournament and had a good year next year besides britney griner but they might not be able to play in the ncaa tournament if there are sanctions so their their whole program might be in shambles next year we saw a pretty good year from baylor this year but don't expect that again next year because their football team is going to be without the second-best player coming into the league. Uh, their basketball team is going to be without their best player and with sanctions, possibly. So it's going to be interesting to watch uh, the downfall uh, over there in Baylor. Yeah, they spent so much time trying to build that up. I do have I do have one thing to say that's kind of totally off, off guard. Um, Rockabaco, Orioles beat writer, just tweeted that Andino and uh, Russell Martin got into it a little after the game, and uh, Martin said Robert Andino was tipping pitches from second base. So that's, that's interesting. Little that's funny. Hell yeah, Robert Indino. Badass. I, wonder, I hope they get into a fight. Who would win? Uh, Russell Martin. Andino's pretty... Actually, Andino is thug as hell. Andino looks pretty Andino's thug, thug. I don't know. That'd be, that'd be a fun fight. It'd be, it'd be good to see some fight out of my We should do like a an athlete death match one time. Yeah, and have like a little bracket of who yeah. would beat who and have a championship. We're doing that, we're guys. We're doing it. We're going to do Hold that us one. to it. We're doing it. Make sure you remind us. Yeah, we're going to do that one time. All right, uh, the last bit of news that I have is uh, down in Dallas with the Mavericks. Uh, they decided to – them and uh, Lamar Odom decided to split ways. He is no longer with the team. He's deactivated. That whole that whole situation was just a debacle. It fell apart from the beginning. Uh, Lamar Odom was traded from L.A. to Dallas for what? Money? A box of cookies. A box of cookies, uh, thin mints to be exact. And he did not want to go. And Dallas, for some reason, I don't know, they made the trade. They, 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 they got better personnel-wise. 
But the guy didn't want to play for him, and he, he just became depressed. And so now Lamar Odom, he's not being released. He's being deactivated. So he can't play anywhere else. He can't go back to L.A. like he probably wants to. So that's just a bad situation for him and Dallas. It's a, a lose-lose. And Dallas, they have to figure out what they're going to do with him because he's owed $2.4 million next year. I mean, would you want to pay a guy who's deactivated $2.4 million? I, I, they, no. They're going to have to figure out a way to get rid of him. Uh, and then and then it's interesting to see if they release him, what's the market for him going to be like since he had he's such old. a bad year this yeah. year and didn't even seem interested in playing. We might not see Lamar Odom play again. What if he goes – I. Th- at this point, seeing his attitude and how much he hated leaving L.A., I wouldn't be surprised if he took like a bare minimum contract to go back to L.A. just because he wants to play that much. But, his, but the question would be, do they want him? But he was upset that they didn't want him, so he might not even want to go back there now. That's true. Maybe he retired. Because he, he asked to be traded. Well, uh, weird, man. maybe there's a Kardashian curse going on down there because he's dating Khloe Kardashian, and as soon as they got together, all this stuff started going wild. Uh, Kim Kardashian dated Reggie Bush. He did awful in Saint or in uh, New Orleans. As soon as they broke up, and he goes to Miami, has a breakout season. Chris Humphreys uh, broke up with uh, Kim Kardashian. His play didn't go did, do too bad, but uh, he gets booed everywhere he goes for no reason now. <laughs> Why do they boo him? Like it's not his fault. He dated I, I, a girl with a fat ass. I think it's, and they broke up. I That's think it. it's because he was a jackass though. What did he do? He was apparently a real dick to her. Well, she's just a butt. Have you watched Keeping Up with the Kardashians? Yeah, but people, there is nothing people in like her, her head. though. People, what do they like her for? I don't because she's literally famous. just her butt. There's nothing more to her. Literally, I, I don't like her, but I'm saying <laughs> other people do, and they saw Chris Humphreys be a jerk, so they don't like him now, so they boo him. That's so weird, though. And because they're probably jealous, he got to sleep with her. They're definitely jealous. Um, let's gonna wrap it up. We've talked about all the things that have come up to our mind. Um, just want to remind you all for the last time, this will be the last time I bug you, I swear. Actually, probably won't be. I'll remind you next show, too. We're going to post Patrick Withrow's little vote thing uh, on our Facebook page and our tweet, Twitter page. Uh, we'd like you to go on there and vote for him if you thought he was funny. And if you didn't think he's funny, just go on and vote because he's a local guy. Support your local people. Exactly. That's what I say. Um, time. If you are musically talented or not musically talented, it could be funny. Uh, like a little she bangs thing. If, if there's a William too. Hung out there, yeah. we're uh we're looking for you. We're we're taking applications. So basically just talk to us, put it on our Facebook page. We're more than willing to help you out. We'll send it to American Idol for you. Probably not, but Yeah. So that's gonna do it for us uh here at Hurry Up Offense. I'm Sean Pelletier. I'm Alan Etzler. This is WMUC Sports. <laughs> Back home.